Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. Well, I'm excited about today. I'm excited about um, what God's doing. I'm excited about uh, starting the year off right. And the way we're going to do that is simply this. We're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate what God has done over this past year. And I'm going to review just about every highlight I can think of and, and um, talk to you about it. But I first want to start with this and, and, and understand what celebrating is. It's a recognition not of what we've done, but what God has done. It's a recognition of the understanding that we're going to go back and look at the things that God has done throughout this year. And um, maybe you didn't know or maybe you're new to a journey and you're like, whoa, God is really doing some pretty amazing things here. And we need everyone to see that because when we don't, we forget. When we don't, God doesn't get the glory. When we don't celebrate and when we don't remember, we uh, ignore kind of the, the power of what God has really done. And so I don't want to spend any time doing that. I want to, I want to recognize the, the, the power of what God has done, recognize the steps that we've gone through. And I think most significantly right now in our world, during COVID, uh, it's hard to see sometimes what God is doing. Because every, every once in a while, there's a, there's a lull, there's, there's fear, there's all kinds of things going on. But God, like I said, has not been surprised. And it's so important that we understand that he has been involved the whole way, the whole way through. And Journey Church is a recipient of God's blessing in so many different ways. One of the important values of, um, <clears throat> of remembering is looking back and, and, and saying, wow, look what God has done. And the reason it's important to do that is to know that what he's going to do. We're not, we're not going back. We're not going back to what he's already done. We're going forward to what he's going to do, which is usually a, a, a bigger blessing than the one that we experienced before. And uh, I'm excited about that. So um, the tension is what do we celebrate? What do we celebrate? Uh, what, um, you'll, you'll find me rarely celebrating numbers, you'll, you'll, especially numbers of people. What you will find me celebrating and what we celebrate at Journey is life change and the opportunity for life change, and, and the, seeing the, the culture change for life change, and all those kinds of things. So I'm not going to talk about numbers. I'm not going to talk about any of that kind of stuff. We're going to talk about what God did and what, we think, um, what I think he was um, completely involved in. And so uh, the, one of the dangers of looking back is wanting to stay there. <clears throat> Um, it was one of the Israelites' problems is they wanted to go back to Egypt, and uh, that was not a good thing. You don't want to go back. We don't want to go back. Even if it felt good back there, we don't want to go back there and get ourselves stuck in a place where uh, we're not growing, where we're not moving forward. Uh, God's goal is for us to move forward, continue to grow, grow in our faith, grow in our walks, grow in our, our reach and our capacity to reach this community for Christ. Amen? Amen. All right. So we're not going to get stuck. So remember this. We're looking back at what God has done so we can remember that he's going to do. We're looking back at what God has done so we can remember what he's going to do. Right? Okay. In the Old Testament, there were all kinds of these festivals that always happened 
in the Old Testament. They were festivals um, to recognize things that had happened, and they continually went back to these festivals because what the Israelites had to remember, and I'll talk about the danger of forgetting in just a minute, but what they had to remember is that God is and was involved in their lives and made a covenant to them, made a promise to them that he would bless the nation of Israel. But it was based on their obedience. It was based on their willingness to follow him. It was based on their willingness to uh, uh, understand that let's, let's keep engaged with God. Let's not ignore God. Let's not forget God. Let's not um, <clears throat> forget what he's done. And so there were several festivals. And I mean, I mean, the Israelites were partying people. They were feasting and festivaling all the time. If there is such a word as festivaling. They were doing... That's... <laughs> Turned a, a noun into a verb. But um, they were doing all, the, I mean, they were party people all the time. And we don't have time to go through all the feasts and all the festivals and all the things that they were doing, but I'm going to highlight just three of them. And the first was the Feast of Passovers and, and Unleavened Bread. This was a significant and probably one of the most important feasts that they had was the, the Feast of the Passover. If you don't know the story of, of the Israelites, they were in Egypt and God said, I'm going to come and I'm going to deliver you out of the hands of Egypt and take you into the promised land. And at one point, Pharaoh, the leader of Egypt, said, no, I'm not going to let these people go. I'm going to keep them here as our slaves because they do all the work. And so God said, okay, here's what's going to happen. And, and, um, and, and Pharaoh at one point said, we're going to kill all the children. No, God said, I'm going to kill all the children um, of, I think it was be, 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 above the age of two or below the age of two. And, um, it, and unless you put some blood, sacrificial blood over the doorposts of of your home, and then what God would do is pass over that home, re- rescuing those children and, and any home that didn't have that blood over the doorposts and door frame would be killed. And it sounds brutal, it is brutal, it's crazy, it's hard to understand, but that was a judgment that God was going to bring on, on the Egyptians. And the Israelites were privileged to have this, what is called now the Passover. And they would celebrate this in so many ways, recognizing that God is in control, that God is the one who was the deliverer of their lives out of Egypt. And they would celebrate this. They would always go back to the story because this was the story that helped them understand that God is a keeper of his promises. God will deliver people out of Egypt. And we can remember, and we will do this at the end of service today, remember that the the blood of Christ and his body broken for us was the symbols that release us from our sin and deliver us from, from death, hell, and the grave. And we have that hope. And so the Israelites would always go back to the feast of Passover. That was in Exodus chapter 12. They would also do a, a feast called the Feast of Weeks, which was the Feast of Pentecost. And um, this uh, feast was specifically for the renewal or the remembering of the renewal of covenant. That God was always kind of, the, the Israelites were always breaking the, the, the covenant. It was kind of like a broken marriage. They were always going and having affairs with other cultures and communities. And they would um, break up with God and they would go 
and, and serve other gods, and they would do other things, and they would do evil in the eyes of the Lord. Well, this Feast of Weeks was a renewal of covenant with the people of Israel, and they would do these, this feast every year so that they would remember that there was a renewal of covenant, there was a forgiveness. It was a promise of the entrance into the, the, the promised land, and there was this, this continual re, uh, remembering or renewal of covenant. And it was really powerful. It was also the end of harvest where they would give all of their first fruits. This was where they would take the best of their crops, the best of their, their herds, and they would uh, give them to God as an offering to him. It was a, uh, the Feast of Weeks was about, all about gratitude and, and thanking him for the renewal of his covenant, the taking him into the promised land, all those kinds of things. And then the last feast is another feast called the Feast of Tabernacles. And this was a, a, a feast where they would create these little tents, these, these little tabernacles. And they would remember that God had delivered them out of the desert, that they were finished the 40 years of wandering in the desert. I mean, they found, uh, the, and, and God was the leader of all these feasts, and God was the one who determined all these feasts were important. And so they would celebrate the Feast of Passover, that, that deliverance out of Egypt. They would... Uh, celebrate the Feast of Weeks or Pentecost where there was a renewal of covenant. They would celebrate the end of their wanderings in the desert by the, by the Feast of Tabernacles. And all of these were intended to bring to memory what God had done. But they were never to go back to those moments. They were never to, to, to help them, hey, go back to Egypt and walk through the, the Red Sea again. That wasn't the point of these memories. The point of these memories was to help them understand that God was involved and is involved in their lives. And it's so critical that we understand that because when we celebrate something that God has done, we're going to, yay, woohoo, that's amazing. But we don't want to get stuck there. We don't want to stop there. And so <clears throat> these guys, uh, the Israelites celebrated and they celebrate and they celebrate and, um, and if you, if you uh, run into any Orthodox Jews, they still celebrate these, these feasts. They still celebrate all of these things. And um, it's, it's to help them remember that God is involved and has a covenant with them. And it's really, really powerful. Now, here's what happens when we don't celebrate. In Judges chapter 2, verses 6 through 15, it says this. After Joshua, now Joshua was the leader of uh, the Israelites into the promised land. Okay, Moses messed up in the desert, and he messed up so bad that God said, no, I'm, I'm going to let you take everyone to the threshold of the promised land, but you will not lead people into the promised land. And then he handed that mantle or responsibility to Joshua and gave Joshua the responsibility of leading the people into the promised land. What's really interesting is that the, one of the first things Joshua had to do was uh, go to the Jordan River, and there the river split, just like the Red Sea split. Kind of fascinating to see. Moses, one of, first, one of Moses' first miracles um, uh, was the Red Sea, and, one, and Joshua's one of his first miracles was the splitting of the Jordan River. And so they crossed into the Jordan River and went and did all these exploits, all these battles, all these things that the Israelites did, they went. And, and in Judges chapter 2, Verse 6, it says, After Joshua had dismissed the Israelites, they went to take possession of the land, each to their own inheritance. The people served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who outlived him 
and who had seen all the great things the Lord had done for Israel. That's so important to remember that that statement right there. The people served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who outlived him and who had seen all the great things the Lord had done for Israel. So Israel stayed on track as long as the influence of Joshua was still there. As soon as Joshua died. Verse 8, Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. And they buried him in the land of his inheritance at Timnath, <coughs> Heres, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gosh. Verse 10, this is the tragic, tragic part of not celebrating, not remembering. After that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, another generation grew up who neither knew the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. This is critical. This is so important that we understand this because as a church and as, a fam as family members, dads, uh, grandpas, grandmas, uh, moms, wh whoever you are, if you have influence over children, this must ring in your ears forever. After that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, another generation grew up who neither knew the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Somebody stopped telling stories. The generation prior to this one stopped telling the stories. Stopped doing the things that would help the, the Israelites, the young Israelites, remember that God had done so many powerful, so many incredible things that they forgot. Then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the Baals. They forsook the Lord, the God of their ancestors, who had brought them out of Egypt. They followed and worshipped various gods of the peoples around them. They aroused the Lord's anger because they forsook him and served Baals and, and the Asherahs. In his anger against Israel, the Lord gave them into the hands of raiders who plundered them. This is the reality of what happens when we stop telling the story of the gospel of Jesus Christ. When we stop telling the, the, our, our young people, our children, our grandchildren, and anybody else we can influence that Jesus is alive, that he, is, he died on the cross, he rose again from the dead, and today he promises us eternal life. If we don't tell that story, this is the result. This is the result, that God will turn his anger... And let me tell you, I'm convinced that God's not happy with America or our world as they continue to try and get rid of God and his influence from our culture. He sold them into the hands of the enemies all around whom they were no longer able to resist. When Israel went out to fight, the hand of the Lord was against them to defeat them just as he had sworn to them. They were in great distress. And the book of Judges goes on to tell this story happening over and over and over again. Because these, what would be raised up are these judges. And these judges would remind the people of Israel, hey, you guys need to get back to God. You guys need to get back to where it's important to serve the Lord and obey Him and obey His commands in our lives. And when we do that, we will be blessed. And then the Israelites would go, okay, we confess, we're sorry. And they'd repent, and then the, the, the judge would die, and then the message would go away. 
And then they would do evil in the eyes of the Lord again and again and again. And church, it's not just up to the pastor to remind you or your kids that we must tell the stories that have brought us redemption, that have brought us deliverance, that have brought us peace, that have brought us uh, comfort, and that brought us uh, eternity. Because if we don't tell these stories, if we stop telling these stories, then the end will result in a, a community and a culture of people, a young generation that will turn their hearts from God and turn their hearts to everything else that the, the world has to offer. We can't do that. We can't let that happen. And for that reason, what I'm about to tell you is just a bunch of things. And don't, don't let your ears grow weary in hearing all the good things that God has done. But over this last year, you'll be surprised. I think you'll be surprised. Maybe not. How many things God has done in us and through us as a church. And first of all, we made it through another year of COVID, which is amazing. God bless those that are struggling with it now. God bless you if you have, uh, if you have had it. Um, I, my family and I um, have had it, and it's not fun. It's not pleasant. There's nothing uh, fun about it. Um, and um, God bless you for uh, praying and being faithful in uh, protecting yourself, protecting others, however you choose to do that. And I just pray God's blessing on you. We can pray for um, John, uh, Joel and Julia Lichty, um, uh, who are staff members here and beloved family members. They have it right now and uh, are, are not here today um, mending from it. They're fortunately recovering, but it's been a tough couple weeks. And so we're praying God uh, bring them immediate healing. And for anybody else that may have it or is going through it or have, are coming out of it, May God bless you and may God bring healing to your life. Lots of things God has done. So I'm just going to list a whole bunch of things, okay? We uh, did uh, a single mom's oil change this year. And um, that was great. <clears throat> we ministered to 65 moms, changed their oil, cleaned their car out, um, loved on their kids, loved on them, and it was a great experience. And we had... Uh, just about that many volunteers involved as well, which is awesome. Journey Cares. Uh, we did uh, a Journey Cares Sunday. So we had a Serve Our City Sunday. We took an entire Sunday off from meeting in here, and we went out together to serve Tender Life, City Center, and Mercy House. And that was an absolute blessing. We had the Best Summer Ever series that we did, um, and every weekend we had an event with movie nights, we had a tailgate, we had Meet Me on the Patio, and we had a salsa competition, which uh, Eric, Eric Ruiz won. And so um, all of that was a very meaningful time for our, the community of our church to be together, um, especially uh, because of the effects of COVID. Um, we had, our kids had Christmas in July, which was a great outreach for them, and they reached uh, many different kids, bringing uh, kids to Christmas in July. We had the Laugh event, which was our first women's event that reached 125 ladies. Yes, it was excellent. We had our classics luncheon, our first classics luncheon, where uh, 65 and above um, were there. We had 29 uh, people there, and it was an excellent, excellent lunch, and we hope that that will continue to grow as we continue to invite all the seniors from our community to join us at our classic luncheons in the future. 
And we dedicated six kids. That's awesome. Um, <clears throat> our church is growing. Our church is growing. And if you've seen our, uh, my wife and I's uh, most recent Facebook picture, our family is growing, um, which is crazy. And we took a picture of all seven of our grandkids. And it was, um, what, what, what would have been really fun is to take a picture of the parents getting the kids to try and smile. And because uh, they were screaming and yelling behind the picture. It was hilarious. It was so funny. <clears throat> so those are just a few outreach things that we did um, that are, I think are very meaningful and powerful and are the beginnings of growth in our church. Um, just little things like that. Spiritually speaking, if you look back at our year, we had our 1040 prayer initiative where we prayed for 10 people for 40 days. And that was really powerful. And I still believe that the fruit of that prayer time is going to continue to uh, nurture and help us reach people who have not yet been reached for Christ. And so we did that for um, at the beginning of the year. And then the, the last little bit of our year, we did 40 days of prayer where we paused, we praised, we petitioned, and we proclaimed uh, in, in our prayer times. And that was an excellent 40 days of prayer. So we spent 80 days of prayer and focus of prayer which is really, really powerful. We had a prayer and worship night that was one of the most meaningful times of Leanna leading in worship and prayer and, and a great time there. We started eight groups in our seeds of groups and growth, and I'm very excited about that. We baptized 10 people over the, the year. We saw salvations of approximately 20 people uh, being saved this year as a result of the gospel. <clears throat> We rolled out Right Now Media, which is just the beginnings and the, kind of a droplet of the focus on discipleship that you'll see and hear about next week um, as we start talking more about discipleship. But Right Now Media is a discipleship tool that everyone in the room has access to and you can use to disciple you and your family uh, with that tool. It's free. It's, uh, it's a subscription we've invested in as a church because we believe that we have to put tools in your hands to uh, disciple and to become more like Christ and to become more effective in our communities uh, for Christ. And so uh, very excited about that. And again, we had our first classic gathering, which was a really cool thing because I think understanding, and this is why I put it in the spiritual category, we need to understand that it is imperative that we honor those whose shoulders we stand on. That um, the, the elderly of our church, the and, and whether you're, you, you feel elderly or not, um, wh whatever point of, of age you're at, um, if you're an elder, we're standing on your shoulders. And we, want, we always want to, to recognize that. And I'll put myself in that category um, only because it feels okay to do. And I like the discounts. <laughs> Spiritually speaking, God has moved on our church in very powerful ways. And I think in, in what's more important is the life change that we experience. You see, I, earlier I said I don't, I don't want to count just numbers. And we do pay attention to numbers, but we don't, um, don't base everything on those numbers. What numbers we will count are baptisms, um, salvations, and we will count uh, discipleship growth in everything that we do. We, we want to see spiritual growth in our lives. And what does spiritual growth mean? It simply means that we are becoming more like Christ and having a bigger impact on our community as we grow in Him. Because Jesus was all about people who were not saved. 
Yes, he's about us. He's about our lives. He's about our circumstances. But he's shaping and molding us to be like him for his mission. And that's the power of what we will measure and count and, and value in the future. And so, um, by the way, Chris Beltran was the cook at um, the Classics and did a phenomenal job. Ph- phenomenal job. All right? So those are the spiritual uh, aspects of, of things that happened over the year. We have a prayer team that meets every, uh, used to meet every Wednesday, now Thursday. They meet in this room over here at noon. Is it noon? You guys meet at noon on Thursdays? Yeah, and, and they pray, and it's just really cool uh, to see God use that prayer team and, um, and other, prayer, uh, other members of our church to pray and see God do some pretty amazing things. Um, in our staff, a really cool uh, thing is Pastor Dwayne. Pastor Dwayne is, uh, he's, 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 he comes and he's our, part of our teaching team. And so he helps me teach and, and preach, and he's a blessing to our staff and, our, and to our church. And uh, I hope to increase that teaching team as we go and as, we, uh, as I become more comfortable with other people um, uh, filling the pulpit. But uh, Pastor Dwayne has been a blessing. Leanna has been an amazing blessing. Yeah. Yeah, Leanna has joined our team, and that's an absolute blessing. We're so glad you're here. We're just so glad that you're a part of leading us in worship and leading worship and pastoring worship. Um, for us, and, and we're blessed, and of course, we have an amazing band, and um, people come here and hear our band, and they're like, whoa, that's good stuff right there, and by the way, um, next week, you do not want to miss worship next week, it's, there's some fun stuff that's planned that it, I think you'll really, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about it, and uh, just to let you know, you're going to move a little bit, all right, and if you don't move a little bit, you're dead, all right? <clears throat> Um, it's going to be very good. Another thing about our staff is the development of our staff. We attended what is called the Thrive Conference, which is a, a conference to help pastors grow and help ministry leaders grow in their, in their walks and in their faith and in their um, profession. And so we spent an, an entire week at a conference, a virtual conference. So we did it up here in our conference room, but we had a great time as a staff growing. And I'm very proud of our staff. We are... Um, we are a, a little team that can, not could, but can, because they, they work so hard. And I just want to say we are blessed and privileged to have people like Rebecca and Josh and Leanna and Karen and, and different people who are giving all of their energy and, and strength, Julia and Joel, and, and, and our board is incredible. They give amount, a tremendous amount of hours to serving in our church and and we're just so blessed, and I, I thank God for um, the team that we have, and so we're, we're really blessed. And then we, we also went through a process of what's called re- recalibrate, and it's something we'll do every year to recalibrate our vision, to make sure that our vision is clear, our sense of purpose is clear, and everyone's on task, and everyone knows where we're going so that we're all on the same page. There's a power in that scripture that says, um, without a vision, people perish, or people throw off restraint. Vision, I, I like to say vision is the preferred future, but it's also the guardrails that keep us on the right road and going in the same direction. Not everybody's in the same lane, but everybody's going in the same direction. And that's what the beautiful part of vision is. So we have an amazing staff. Um, some things that have happened in our building. Um, <clears throat> we had 
uh, well, first of all, I think most everybody knows that we had a flood right at the beginning of COVID. And when that happened and everything kind of shut down, then we were able to completely remodel and, and do so many different things with the money that insurance provided. Uh, and, and insurance did what insurance does. They, they provided us with everything to replace what uh, was ruined, and we were able to make it just a little bit better than that. And um, really <clears throat> blessed. And so $225,000 later, um, and a little bit of help from, from our own funds, we were able to uh, accomplish great things. We removed trees. We, uh, uh, Batista Concrete helped pour the patio out there, which was amazing and was very, very generous to us. Um, we got the wall built. It's not the wall to keep people out. It's just the wall. And um, it's, we got the wall built in uh, Covarubius Construction and Ashley Federis and many others helped make that happen. Um, the electrical was installed in the, in the wall and, and in different places. And that was Light of the World Electrical. And we're very, very grateful to them. And then just an amazing amount of volunteers. And by the way, Bautista uh, Concrete helped us with the... Um, and, and Covarubius uh, Construction helped us with the, the decomposed granite that is right now mud, but will soon be um, really, really good places to walk and, and clean everything up out there. So it was really amazing. But thank you to everyone who did an amazing job. All this is celebrating what God has done. He's been faithful to us. <clears throat> and the last thing I want to celebrate is our finances. Um, I want to celebrate the fact that all of our bills are paid. All of our bills are paid. <clears throat> During this period of time, we were able to pay down um, some debt that was left, um, I don't want to say it was left behind, but was, was uh, yeah, it was left behind. It was, it was debt that we had to uh, take care of from <clears throat> uh, the buildings behind and a credit card that what, still had a, a significant balance on it. We were able to pay $50,000 in debt down over this last year. We were blessed by our lenders to have a deferral of our mortgage um, during kind of the, the, the depth of COVID crisis um, from January to April of last year. And so um, we were able to have a deferral. The challenge is, is that we have to pay that back now. And so um, starting this month and through August, we have to pay half of that mortgage back each month. And so um, that, that will lend a little bit of a challenge to our finances, um, but I still praise God for that deferral. It was helpful in the moment. Um, we were able to take advantage of a PPP loan, or which is a, a payroll, um, <clears throat> payroll protection uh, program, and we were able to realize $48,000 from that from our government, and that was a blessing um, to us. We also received $10,000 in grants, and COVID grants, and um, we reduced all kinds of costs. Everywhere we can reduce a cost, we have. And we still are still working on doing some more of that. But um, God has blessed us financially. And, and, and thankfully, because of your giving and your generosity and your continued generosity, we will continue to see things happen and, and continue to grow. And, and if you're not tithing, I, I would first encourage you to start there. And, and if you're not tithing at all, start with something. And, and see God prove himself in your finances you can't go wrong uh, doing that. And if you're able to give more than that, God bless you for doing that because uh, we will continue to move forward and give to our, our community uh, through that. And also, we, at Christmas Eve, 
we announced Journey Cares uh, Fund, and that Journey Cares Fund is for everything we do locally and globally to reach our community for Christ. And so if you want to give to that or make a regular commitment to give to that above your tithes, and off, or above your tithes then I would encourage you to do so because Journey Cares will be what we use to fund ministry and missions around uh, here and around the world. And it's very, very exciting uh, to see what God is doing in those opportunities. So all of that said, God has done amazing things to help us continue to move forward. Amazing. He's at work at Journey, and he's changing lives. And there's stories that we haven't heard. And we would love to hear your story. We would love to hear your uh, circumstance or situation, how God has impacted your life through the ministry of Journey, through, uh, most importantly, God doing something significantly. We're not looking for glory for ourselves, but for God. Because we believe those stories help motivate us to understand, yeah, we're in the place where we want to be. We want to be in that place where lives are being changed constantly, and we're seeing people saved, and we're seeing people uh, baptized, and we're seeing people grow in their faith and becoming radical, fully devoted followers of Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. John 14, 11 says this, Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the work themselves. Jesus was telling the, 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 the people following him, he said, If you don't believe my words, believe what you see. And so I hope and pray that today you will believe what you see, that God is at work here at Journey. And what I love about verse 12, it says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these. Because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that, my, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. That's the power of what we want to see happen in this coming year. And I encourage you to be a part of the, this next series called Why Not Us? Because I believe this series is going to uh, proclaim and, and prophesy to some degree what God wants to do through journey, through you and me, for this community and for this world. And it's going to be powerful. It's going to be exciting. And I believe God's going to do some amazing things. So let's celebrate what God has done. Let's celebrate that list of things. Let's believe that we are just getting started. I believe that. We're a young church. Yes, we have a foundation of, of, of the previous church that was here. Journey Church is a young beginning of something new and fresh. And I believe God's going to continue to do great things in and through us. As he has done in the past. But he's going to do bigger things, better things. Things beyond our imaginations. And so let's believe that you and I will do greater things. And in, in celebrating, we want to end with probably the most important thing we can celebrate, and that's the forgiveness of our sins. Yes? Yes. You guys are, you guys are falling asleep on me here. A little too much turkey on New Year's Day. This, this symbol represents everything we live for. It represents the reality that Jesus died on a cross, that he gave his life willingly, voluntarily, at the behest of his Father, and most importantly, at the motivation of his love for you and me. He came and died on a cross. 
The Bible says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Lord, today we recognize that this little cracker represents life change. It represents hope. It represents a joy that comes when knowing that you loved us so much, even in our sin, that you died for us. And that today we have the hope of eternal life. We thank you for giving your body. We thank you for allowing your body to be beaten and scourged and nailed to a cross and and crown of thorns pressed on your head, a spear in your side, nails in your hands and feet. All of that represents your love for us. And we are grateful today that your body was broken for us. And today we commit to never letting that story die, to never letting that story go away, to never letting our young people not know that you uh, love them. God, we will do everything we can to continue the story and to never let our children, our grandchildren, forget that you are the great redeemer, that you are the savior, that you are the redeemer of our lives and that you allowed your body to be broken for us. Lord, I pray that you bless this cracker right now as a symbol of your love for us. And we thank you for it. We remember and we celebrate that you died for us. And we are so grateful and humbled by that. We thank you for it. Bless this symbol, I pray now in Jesus' name. Amen. You may take the bread. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Lord, thank you for the new covenant. After everything has been fulfilled, after all the sacrifices, after all those things that the Old Testament did to forgive us, forgive them of their sins, Lord, you completed and fulfilled the law. And as a result, we are today complete and whole because of your shed blood. You fulfilled that that covenant. You made a new covenant with us today and every day as we rest in the sacrifice you made to let your blood shed so that our sins could be forgiven. No longer is it a goat or an animal that represents that love, but Lord, you loved us so much you let your own blood shed for us. And we thank you and praise you for that. Lord, I pray that you bless this symbol now give you all the glory and all the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may take the cup. Praise God. God, we celebrate you. We celebrate everything about you. We celebrate what you've done here at Journey. We celebrate everything that you're going to do. Lord, as we look back, we only see those as seeds of faith that will build up in us an ability to go further and farther forward for the sake of your kingdom. I pray that the power of your Holy Spirit will rest on our church forever. And God, that we would be not just one generation, but multiple generations of faith that do everything we can to reach a community for you, to reach a world for you, and to be world changers for you. I thank you and I praise you for that. We remember you and we give you thanks and praise. And we give you all the glory for everything that was done. Lord, not one person deserves the glory, only you. And we thank you and praise you for that. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.